the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, let's start off by saying it's probably a pretty ugly day, and I knew this without even looking, in large part because of yesterday with Boeing. The only problem is, well, first and foremost, Boeing, there was another flight that went down in Ethiopia, and it was a Boeing 737 Supermax. Is that right? So I should be careful. I don't know my plane models. Um, but the stock is down big. It's a 737 MAX 8 model, and Boeing's down 10%. And that would drag the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 350 points. So I knew that Boeing was going to be going down, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average would follow. Only problem is, when you actually look at the market, Boeing is down, and it has pulled down the Dow Jones Industrial Average, but... Not by as much as you would think. I would have thought this would have been a 300, 250, 350 point down kind of move. Nope. Not the case. So sometimes when you know something's going to be bad, it doesn't necessarily materialize, right? So let's talk about Boeing in a second. If there's one thing to be gleaned ultimately by the stock market is that the stock market is not the Dow Jones Industrial Average as much as we want it to be. When one refers to the market, I would probably go more S&P 500. Um, but again, that's such a crazy way of, of thinking. So Boeing, down 8, 9, 10, 11, 12%. Is it a buying opportunity? Well, not a lot of airplanes go down. But oddly enough, two Boeing 737 Maxes, 8s, have crashed. Um, and that makes it two and five months now. And China, Indonesia, Ethiopia are all going to ground their 737 MAX 8 planes until authorities have a better understanding if it's the safety standards in Ethiopia or if it's the Boeing 737 MAX 8. Um, there was a Lion Air out of Indonesia last year. That they, I don't think it's been determined 100% yet what went wrong. And then you get like a stewardess down at Florida saying, I'm afraid to fly on, on this plane. Part of you could kind of say, well, Indonesia is Indonesia. Part of you could say Ethiopia is Ethiopia. But you, you got to live up to the American standard of, of airplanes at some point, right? So that's out there. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index, and it just so happens that Boeing is the highest-priced component. So it's going to have some outsized influence. Apple provides a slight offset today, also a Dow Jones Industrial Average component. They're up today in large part of a Bank of America Merrill Lynch upgrade that said, you know, there's a lot of technicals in it saying, you know, Apple's 26% off off from its high. 
Uh, it's up 9% this year. The market's up 9% this year. So something's a little off in their opinion. It gets into some more fundamentals, but we'll talk about that as the show unfolds. Um, Facebook got a nice upgrade today over at Numura. So that's two big tech companies, and they're big as far as how much they're worth. And that carries the market pretty well. Uh, NVIDIA, they announced they're going to be acquiring Melanotics, Melanox Technologies, which is based in Israel and based in the United States, and their chips are used in servers. We'll talk about that probably later in the show. Um, so far, I like NVIDIA. I like Facebook. I like Apple. I certainly like Boeing as a long-term investment. Um, you can buy it when you can, and sadly, the, the best time to buy Boeing is typically after crashes, which is disturbing to say out loud. Best time to buy a house is sometimes after um, earthquakes or tornadoes, after disasters, right? Knock on wood. Um so for the fifth consecutive losing session, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500 on Friday, there's a little bit of um, positives. You know, we've, we've kind of sold off. Um, and then on Friday, well, I don't know when this actually happened, but on Sunday, on 60 Minutes, Fed Chairman Powell admitted in a 60 Minutes interview that the Fed is going to be patient with its approach to monetary policy. That's probably a bigger plus today. Uh, you know how every day you're like looking for little pieces of information. And also during that interview, Chairman Powell said, uh, Trump can't fire me. There's a mandate that says I have a four-year term. <laughs> You're wondering, like, okay, he met with Trump. They appeared to be buddies. People were worried that uh, he was going to be the opposite of... Um, Janet Yellen. When you start talking about Fed governors, boy, you're starting to get in the nitty-gritty, right? China's in the news. Uh, for its part, they reached out with a hug, um, not with a trade deal, but with a declaration that its exports through the first nine days of March soared 39.9% year-over-year. Positive. That's business activity from a company, a country that manufactures a lot of cheap goods for the world. So, you know, um, last week there was some worry that China's exports had plunged 20% year over year in February, but the first nine days of March up 40% year over year. That's kind of a weird number, right? Like you could say, well, the first year of our marriage was a disaster, but the first nine days of the second year were pretty good. First year of owning a car was a disaster, but the first nine days of the second year, pretty good. <laughs> that's a weird one. That's a weird one, but hey, that's China for you, right? Um, Retail sales in the United States increased two-tenths of a percent. Uh, we are a retail-driven economy. So if you exclude autos, it actually rose nine-tenths of a percent. So that headline strength is offset some by the downward revisions the prior month when, in the U.S., we didn't spend as much at Christmas as we thought we were going to. It's supposed to be a good year with everyone having jobs. Retail sales are kind of funny because... Sometimes you want to exclude autos. End of the year, maybe you know they're trying to push new product. Maybe they're trying to discount last year's. So auto is always kind of a weird one. Gasoline stations, uh, we tend to go through these trends where gasoline prices trend higher, gasoline prices trend lower. And they're part of retail sales, So, which is kind of one of those funny ones because when gasoline sales slip, it brings retail sales down, but it gives consumers more money if you are a driver. So food and beverage places, restaurants, uh, bars, they increased sales at about 1.1%. So when you start looking at it, um, it was a good number, not a great retail number, but we're not 
sometimes again sideways isn't down so we go with that the market the 10-year treasury is currently yielding up about 2.64 percent any number under 3.5 percent on the 10-year treasury is a pretty good number now again no no let me correct that any number under 3.5 percent on the 10-year treasury is typically a good it creates a good environment for companies to succeed because the cost of money is low for them um, if they need short-term financing, if you need short-term financing with a credit card, the cost of money is lower, typically, if you're tied to towards an annual percentage rate. So anyway, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, we got Powell saying Trump can't fire him. We got Boeing. We got NVIDIA. Uh, we got plenty to talk about. So don't be shy. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. We've got a big event coming up in Burlingame later in March, March 21st. That's 10 days from now. You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. It's a retirement income and planning seminar. I'm going to talk about 2019 investment, Social Security, 401k, CFP, Chad Burton. Uh, it's March 21st, Doubletree by Hilton in Burlingame. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. This is Walk the Moon. I've seen them in concert because they opened up for a band. And they used to have like two or three cute songs. And now they've got more. Shut Up and Dance. Anna Sun. Um, you might know this song, um, Sidekick, I Want, I Want, Different Colors. I never thought they would have done anything. Like I thought, When I saw them, I thought, like, walk, uh, shut up and dance with me. It was cute. I thought Anna Sun was awesome. With that said, they also got onto the soundtrack of Aquaman. Never hurts to get on a soundtrack. Do you remember when we were younger and we'd go to, like, Top Gun movies and those... You'd go out and buy the soundtrack. Footloose, you'd buy the soundtrack. And I was so embarrassed once because I was probably, like, 23, 24, and had a girlfriend and she saw my CD collection back when we had CD collections. And she goes, you got a lot of movie soundtracks. And I was like, Oh, I, 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 I get your implication. That's a bad thing. Now one movie soundtrack that I don't have, and I don't even think I have any movie soundtracks from Disney. I don't have frozen or anything like that, but I own shares of Disney and captain Marvel had a nice weekend, a very, very nice weekend. Brie Larson, I think, is she was in that movie Rome. Unbelievable movie. Unbelievable where her and her little son. No, no, no. She's locked up in a guy's basement. And the guy basically impregnates her and keeps them both locked up, right? I didn't think she was going to pull it off, but apparently I was wrong. This is the day of the show should be called I Was Wrong. I thought Boeing was going to pull it out of the market. I thought Captain Marvel was going to flop. Captain, Mar- I didn't think it was going to flop. Tough for a Disney film to flop with that much marketing. Um, but I'm impressed. 153 million in domestic box office, the first solo female led superhero flick, um, estimated 455 million worldwide so far. That's not bad. That's not bad. The 21st installment of Disney's Marvel cinematic universe and its first film with a solo female lead. Um, when you stop and think about it that way, the 21st Marvel, when Disney bought Pixar, we were like, we get it. We get it. You're going to get a back catalog of a lot of things that you can make again and again and again and again. Cars 1, Cars 2, Cars 3, Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, Toy Story 4. So you kind of got what Disney was trying to do. They were trying to buy things that they could franchise. They were trying to buy franchises. So 
I like what Disney does. They paid almost nothing. When you take a look at what they paid for Lucasfilms, almost nothing when you take a look at what they paid for Pixar, almost nothing when you take a look at what they paid for for Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios now has seven of the top 20 film debuts in the industry. Walt Disney Studio owns 12 of the top 10. Now, again, Marvel is a division of Walt Disney Studios. Um, so getting that first weekend splash, Disney dominates. And again, Wall Street's all about the do-re-mi, right? You're kind of with that. And we know there's more to come, right? Um, but let's let's look back and think Avengers and Black Panther, Captain America, Iron Man 3. Captain America wasn't a slam dunk, was he? Again, I don't know my superheroes terribly well, but I do know I own Disney, and I think this is a pretty solid number. Um, she's a pretty unknown character. That's the thing, Captain Marvel. She fights like uh, aliens, or she's part of an alien, and she, these aliens fight another Space Force alien group, and then somehow it, it gets the battle gets brought to the Earth, and she's actually, you know, I, I don't want to. That's all I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> Because that's all I really know, to be honest with you. So that's out there today. Disney has a very nice quarter. Does that, or a very nice opening? That doesn't move them much. But again, you got Disney Plus coming out later this year. ESPN Plus is doing well as far as subscribers go. Um, they're trying to be more of a streamer. So it's like me. I want to be a millennial. At one point in time, I want it to be, um, uh, you know, kind of a bearded one, <laughs> kind of like really great hair with a really great beard. Uh, and then I was like, no, no, I don't have great hair or my beard just is shabby. So I'm the shabby chic. Uh, but guess what, ladies and gentlemen, right around the corner, what do we have? Tax time. Can't touch us. So what's going to happen with tax time? Um, some people owe, some people get money back. If you get money back, that means you gave the government too much money. If you don't get money back and you have to give the government money, uh, it's coming up. And a lot of people start taking out kind of stressful feelings right about now. I'm in the process of gathering all my paperwork, what I'll turn over to a CPA. Um, I don't do my own taxes. Um, I could. It would probably take me too long. They can. It probably takes them too, too little of time. Uh, CPAs aren't cheap, but I've got property in three states. I've got a second home. Um, I've got a nice 401k. I've got like enough moving pieces that I, I want someone else to do my taxes. I don't want to figure out what do I have to file in North Carolina? What do I have to file? Like, that's too much for me. So I'm in a good position in my life. I haven't always been in a good position in my life. And there was one point in time where paying my taxes was a stress. And sometimes I take out, you know, not a loan, but a payment plan with the IRS maybe, or maybe I'd pay my taxes and they'd contact me and go, Hey Rob, uh, you forgot to put this job on or you forgot this dividend and you owe us more money. I'm like, okay. But I know people that actually pay their taxes with credit cards. And that's crazy to me because, you know, the average credit card is 17, 18% annual percentage rate. Um, but then again, you could also pay and get the rewards, right? Everyone is enamored with cash back and free travel. If taxpayers have sufficient funds, having to pay a large sum of money like taxes may incline you to consider getting rewarded for all your spending. You know, a lot of people have tried to figure out how to pay a car loan with a credit card. Um, typically, you're going to get like a two and a half, three percent fee, the convenience fee. Um, so you have to be kind of careful for that. The IRS doesn't accept payments directly from credit card companies. So they use another entity, a third party. One of them is called Link2Gov. 
corporation, official payments, uh, world pay USA, which they all kind of sound kind of creepy, right? Official payments linked to gov corp and world pay. It sounds like, Oh, can I trust these guys? And they typically charge about 1.99 to 2%. So the processing fees are going to wipe out the value of the rewards more often than not. Um, cause a lot of the rewards now, again, some people are gonna say, Hey Rob, um, how, how about I use a 0% interest credit card? You could do that. If you don't have cash up front, that's an alternative. Um, sometimes you don't get charged for 21 months on balance transfers or 18 months on new purchases. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying that paying your taxes on a credit card is a, could be a bad idea if you fall behind on other things that you want to put on your credit card, or if you just find you're living like too much cutting the edge on it, can you make your minimum payment? I'm not against you trying to figure it out if you could get a good, like my best cashback card is 2%. So I have to pay 1.99% to get 2%. What's the point? <laughs> you know, do I trust myself to, to not spend that money or do I want to insta save? You get the idea. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up in Burlingame this month. Check it out at robblackshow.com. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, 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 investing, and more. Like I said, um, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll get it done, so to speak. Um, that's the phrase that pays, right? <laughs> um, you know what's really rare, and this has surprised me, is maxing out a 401k. It's easier than people think, but people stress over it, like big time. One of the things that I like to do is talk about investing, talk about retirement. I'm not retired, but I'm a little stressed out about retirement. Me, Rob Black, the king of all slack, the king of, of financial media. I, I'm, I think there's an apocalypse coming. So I try to save more and more and more. And the, my apocalypse is more apocalyptal. Uh, retirement, dun, dun, dun. Um, I do something every, I don't know, I probably do it maybe 40 to 50 times easily. Maybe maybe a little bit more, um, maybe 60 times a year, read annual reports. Annual reports, I used to date many, 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 many years ago, a person who did graphic design, and she would do annual reports. She was based out of Pittsburgh and like Mellon Bank. And I'd say, can I see that when it's done? And I had to be careful because a lot of that information is uh, private until it's released. And she didn't really know what the text was. She knew how to lay out pictures and text and stuff like that. She wasn't reading the text like verbatim, but I was like, that text is kind of powerful. I never broke any laws. That's not my kind of shtick, but annual reports are what are known as 10 Ks. They're SEC filings. Then there's a Q and you can guess what that is. That comes every four quarters, four quarters per year. Um, and then there's, that's every what? 90 days, right? Every three months you get the quarterly. You get the annual every 365 days. So you get the quarterlies every 90 days. But you also get what are called S filings. Now, all three of these are filings with SEC that have material information in them. It just so happens that the annual report, the 10K, is beautiful, is well-polished usually. The other ones look like computer filings. They're not easy reads. Um, 
But for instance, General Electric 10K annual report was 317 pages long. American International Group, AIG, was 405 pages long. There's some different things in it. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Teradyne, like a tech company, is going to give you a little bit more information into tech trends, whereas GE may give you a little bit more into jet engines. Um, you're getting something out of all of these. Um, and there are people that I know who have scanned SEC filings for material information for S filings. And these are like the old Yahoo and Google nerds who knew how to look for words like um, materially disappointing. So the government filing goes on and their computer search engine finds that, uh-oh, the market may not know this yet because they just told the regulators and they have to tell the regulators technically first. Uh, um, so you have to read an income statement. You have to read the gross profit. You want to look at what the equity market value is. You want to look at a financial statement inside of these filings. Um, financial statements will give you a quick insight into the cash flow. So how much money do they earn? How much money do they owe? How much money do they pay in taxes? How much money do they pay in interest? And this is where it gets kind of amazingly stupid. How much money do they have in retirement plans? Are their retirement plans secure? Um, this is where it just gets, just to me, really difficult for people because you have to pay attention to a lot of obligations inside what the company has. Um, who is their competitors? They have to disclose things like, um, we at Intel may become, and this is just hypothetical. It's not, I'm not saying anything on Intel, but I'm giving you the, you know, they make computer chips, right? We at Intel may have a problem keeping up with new technologies. There's certain companies out there that are suing us based on our patents. And if we lose these cases, it may have a material impact. They have to let you know. That's the beauty of being publicly traded, uh, public disclosures. Everyone gets the same playing field in theory. Now, that's one of the reasons I don't like private REITs. I don't like any situation where you're not getting a financial statement. I'll go as far as there's two coalitions of soccer clubs in my area. Uh, one's Belmont United, one's San Carlos United. And San Carlos, they share all the information with the parents how much the fees are, how much the refs get paid, how much the coaches get paid, how much the director gets paid, how much insurance they pay, what their fields cost. And the other company, Belmont United, doesn't share any of that. So which one do you think would make you feel better? Now, again, that's a tough one. Though. That we're talking about soccer clubs there, right? When what I'm trying to say here is, is that disclosure of publicly traded companies, I like better than the lack of disclosure of private companies. I would be, it's easier for me to say, let's take a leap of faith and buy into the stock market because we can study these companies than it is for me to say, let's, you know, the neighbor, oh, I got this new cure for cancer that I'm working on in my secret laboratory and I'm looking for investors. Well, let's see how much money you spent, how much money revenue you're getting in with your projections. Oh, I don't have any of that. Or he'll say he has it, but he doesn't have to share it with you. I'm like, oh, no. Speaking of, oh, no, Trump did the most ridiculous thing at a fundraiser this weekend. He talked about how he didn't really call Tim Cook, Tim Apple. And uh, he goes, fake news, fake news. And what's fascinating about it is there's video of it. <laughs> he says, I said Tim Cook, Apple. He said, I, I said his name. I just said his last name silently. <laughs> and there's videotape of it that he didn't. So the Democrats are salivating. The 2020 presidential race, I think, you know who could be a big loser in the 2020 race? Do you remember the term FANG stocks? 
Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. And then Google changed their last name or changed their name to Alphabet, so they kind of ruined it. Uh, but Senator Elizabeth Warren last week said, we need to break up Alphabet, Amazon, Facebook, Oh, and Apple. Now, if you live in the Bay Area, I think obviously the campaign focus is going to be not just on FANG, the FANG stocks, but I think there's going to be a lot of campaign focus on regulation of your information, regulation of your privacy. Um, talking about breaking up companies, too big to, you know, eat, uh, to harbor competition. Uh, so you're just going to start hearing breakup scenarios. I think it's going to be a tough environment for these guys. Now, today we see a very nice upgrade of Bank of America, uh, a Bank of America upgrading um, Apple. But Bank of America also, uh, we're not quite there yet. But Bank of America did chime in on Elizabeth Warren and a partial breakup of Alphabet. And they said that would actually increase value because you would start separating entities that are, um, you could start saying, okay, well, let's break up the Waymo, you know, the self-driving car part of their business. And Waymo probably would have a high valuation. Then they're losing money and dragging Alphabet's bottom line down. They'd probably get speculative money where people go, oh, I think self-driving cars are the future. I believe the children are future. So now Amazon, how would they do in a breakup? Probably pretty neutral. So it says Bank of America. They think that Jeff Bezos has an empire and are pretty comfortable with it. And that most of everything Amazon has been buying has had a fair value inside itself. Uh, to give you some perspective, if you're a tech company and you're buying other companies at all-time highs, you may be paying too much. But if you're buying after a stock market correction of 30 or 40%, you may be doing smart. You may be getting some value with your acquisition. Um, so Amazon has done a pretty good job of, of acquiring companies where you would say, like for instance, when they bought Whole Foods, uh, the all-time high, and I'm making these numbers up because it's been too long for me to definitively remember, but I felt like the all-time high on Whole Foods was about 80, 85, and then it fell down in the 40s because they had some unbelievably stupid bonehead moves by their executives. Um, one of the executives posted online how great the company is, like often, and how he would trash the competition. And like you can't do that. Remember the whole public information thing that we started talking about with 10K and a report? You can't do that. So the big the big one that would probably make no sense to anyone inside the company, maybe even inside Silicon Valley, is Facebook. It, it's not that it, it's, it wouldn't make any sense. I mean, we all see Facebook as super powerful and Instagram is super powerful. And WhatsApp, WhatsApp, as super powerful. They reach a lot of people. They reach poor people. They reach rich people. Um and how do you break them up? So, and do, you know, billions of people, eyeballs mean anything when you start breaking these guys up? Of course they do. So Facebook is going to be like a road, internet roadkill. Um, but if WhatsApp has to compete with Facebook, if Instagram had to compete with Facebook, if Facebook couldn't just copy everything that other innovators are doing, which they did. Here's Elizabeth Warren, a great example. If you take a look at Snap, you know, Snap came up with the stories thing. Snap came up with the disappearing, um, you know, kind of send messages to each other. Mark up photos, take goofy pictures. Um, you don't have to remember this forever because I'm just sending you a picture of a snowman. It's not going to be in your snowman photo album. Facebook just integrated it instantly into Facebook and Instagram. Boom, just like that overnight. And then the stories did the same exact thing. So is did that kill Snap? I, Elizabeth Warren's onto something there. So anyway, 2020 is uh, it's heating up fast, just so you know. 
Uh, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up in 10 days in Burlingame, 6.30 in the evening, Thursday evening. You can learn more about it by going to robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com, and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Let's play a game. Let's call it from the mind of Rob Black, right? NVIDIA is buying a semiconductor maker, Melanix, for $6.9 billion in all-cash cloud computing-focused deal. Um, Intel was in on the bidding, and NVIDIA won. So they're not paying a crazy price. And what they're getting is a semiconductor stock that's really tied towards cloud computing, artificial intelligence, and data center connectivity. Um, NVIDIA just had a weak quarter, so they decided, let's go spend some money. You would imagine, let's say you have a bad quarter with your spouse. You're like, I'm going to take her to Paris and we're going to kiss under the Eiffel Tower. It's opening up the checkbook, right? Um, it's buying love if you do it well. So there was some sales weakness at NVIDIA and they've decided to address the problem by acquiring another company to add, you know, a company that makes um, transmissions between servers, storage systems, and communication infrastructure faster. Has everyone, not everyone, as more and more businesses move to the cloud, more and more content moves to the cloud, moving that information around fast is super important because Lord knows we don't have three seconds to waste in our life, right? So the deal heats up competition for Intel and NVIDIA. Intel's got a significant business in the data center computing. NVIDIA's paying about 20 times earnings for Melanix. That is a bit of a, a small premium. It's not bad though. Um, if you take a look at you know who's trading for 20 times earnings, you see companies like Microchip Technology and Xilinx, who are also in very similar fields. Um, so I like acquisitions, and what they tell me is that the semiconductor space could get kind of sexy. I know you're saying sexy. Tell me about a sexy IPO, Rob. Here you go. This company that I'm about to tell you about is planning to raise $587 million. I'm going to reveal the name in just a minute. It's going to be priced between $14 and $16 a share. The listing may be used for you know, cash for future acquisitions. Why are they raising money? They don't need to. They're a company that, that makes money. Who am I talking about? Well, they have their name on a stadium in the Bay Area. They're iconic in the world. They are none other than Levi Strauss. Oops, Levi Strauss. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, Levi Strauss was founded in 1853. I know you're saying, didn't you say this was a sexy IPO? I was kidding. Founded in 1853 in San Francisco. And it was a dry goods business, and it also invented the blue jeans in 1873. As a kid, I, you know, back to school, BTS, right? It was all about getting new Levi's, if you were lucky. Um, if you were unlucky, I mean, I would never get Jordash because that was kind of a female thing, right? Uh, although maybe they made Jordashes for men. Um, Brooke Shields, nothing comes between me and my Jordashes. That commercial campaign, you don't remember it. I may be making it up, but it feels like that was the, what was being implied was kind of sexy, right? Nothing comes between me and my Jordashes. So if you take a look at Jordash, it's a big play on America, Europe, and Asia. So when they report their earnings, you know, we've been talking about 10Ks, and what do they say? One of the things that they're going to break out is how did they do in the Americas? How did they do in Europe? How did they do in Asia? They service consumers through global infrastructure, developing, sourcing, and marketing products. It's going to trade under the ticker symbol Levi, L-E-V-I. Now, that's not my kind of investment, but I'll read what's called the red herring and the prospectus on it. The red herring is a 
document that kind of says, we're thinking about coming public, and here's some of the things we plan to tout if we do. That reminds me of that great song, tout, tout, let it all out. These are the things. Now, here's a sexy stock. I'm not telling you to do it. Um, but my younger boys, they love playing video games where they could talk to their friends. One of their friends is like, his nickname is, his screen name is something like uh, Hitman Annihilator. And we meet the kid, he's like this little, hi, hi. I, I don't want to mention any names or anything like that because these are kids. But okay, here's a sexy stock. And it's tied towards the social aspects of kids. And how they play video games today. Turtle Beach. They make headphones. Ticker symbol here. H-E-A-R. Scheduled for fourth quarter 2018 results. You know who they should kiss every single day? Epic Games for coming up with Fortnite. Because it has driven share expansion for them. They've kicked in innovation, quality products, a strong brand, Turtle Beach headphones. Typically, there's probably... Uh, you've probably seen the commercials if you watch... ESPN ever. There's a big commercial campaign going on right now for uh, HyperX. Um, you know, gamers play with HyperX. Basketball players play with HyperX. They're just kind of... It's pretty smart brand marketing. So Turtle Beach and HyperX are the two that tend to go head-to-head. But Turtle Beach was the number one selling headset, gaming headset in 2018, it does give you a little bit of an edge to have that 360 surround sound and everything that's going into it. They could. But video games are pretty social. A lot of people are spending more and more time playing video games with their friends. A lot of people are spending more and more time on FaceTime with their friends. Um, now, with FaceTime, there's not really a play for a you know, set of cans on your head. But they're about to report earnings. And uh, it should have a pretty good, pretty good quarter. Consult a broker advisor taking action on any stocks. Um, they could be acquired because they're part of this whole uh, trend in social media and trend in social gaming. They announced the availability of its new product, the Stealth 600. That was America's best-selling wireless gaming headset of 2018. Um, so there's a lot going on there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Turtle Beach, Levi's. You can invest in jeans. You can invest in video games. There's so much you can do. That's what I love about the business. Um, you can invest in the user experience that Uber gives you. I know they're not public yet, but they're going to come public. I got a big summer coming up March 21st, 2019, Thursday, 638, 30 double tree by Hilton hotel in Burlingame, Burlingame, Burlingame. You can sign up for the event by going to robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Use the code radio 25 to get in for free. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.